0: Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Uh, you can you can uh, take your seat this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. We had a few birthdays this week. Uh, Brother Edward, turn uh, 20, 24, right? Is that what you told me? Brother Edward. Praise the Lord. We're blessed. 65, we're blessed to have you, man. We love you. And also our very own Pastor Danny. Uh, yesterday was his birthday. The big 4-0. If it was all down here after 30, it's really all downhill after 40. <laughs> Praise God. We're grateful for... For his life and for his ministry and for his service, Amen. Um, just a couple announcements. Um, we uh, uh, we're, we're getting ready for our our men's uh, our men's discipleship program, Maximize Manhood. It begins August twenty first, Amen. That's coming up. Um, and so after after service, if you haven't signed up for that yet, you can get back uh, with Brother Larry. Um, I think uh, Brother Mikey as well. He'll be taking some some names down. It's going to be awesome, guys. We're gonna we're gonna connect. We're gonna um, this is this is not just for the church. This is for anybody. Amen. Uh, the idea here is to bring people who wouldn't normally come to church to this. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with some brisket sandwiches and all that good stuff. And so uh, yeah, that's right, baby. Um, so so make sure you you make note of that. Amen. Uh, next week as well, we have our back to school event at Navarro middle school. So, um, you know, if, if, if you can help, if, if you're be available that day from nine to about 12, uh, see sister Heather. And then that Sunday we're going to have, we're going to be celebrating our back to school service. Um, Michael Tucker, uh, he's going to be bringing the word. Amen. Wow. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So good things are happening. Amen. Um, also, uh, our, we have men's conference, women's conference coming up this, this, uh, this coming month, so make sure you register for that. Amen. Um, I want you to go with me to the to the Gospel of John. We're going to get right into the Word. And this morning we had a uh, we had a, a guest a guest speaker who just I mean he said so many things that I mean I was just in awe. I was getting chills as I was hearing a lot of what he was saying, and uh, a lot of it kind of goes with the Word today. And that that really always just amazes me how God just he just knows the Word that his church needs, his body needs. And so um, I'm excited. I'm excited for what God is doing. I'm excited for this word. And um, we don't, I don't have like a main text today, which is like the first. I always have a main text. Um, but I, I kind of want to go through, I want to talk about John's theology um, uh, and the purpose of, of John. The apostle John, he was, he was primarily concerned with getting people to believe in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say believe. That that is a major theme in the book of John from start to finish. He just wants people to believe in the name of Jesus. And so towards the beginning of the gospel, John tells this story of the first miracle done by Jesus, which is the turning of water into wine at the wedding banquet at Cana. And so, wrapping up that story, he says this in chapter 2:11. It says this the first sign, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Somebody say believe. believe. That word belief uh, is the Greek word pisteu, which is the same word for faith. And I just want to give you some perspective uh, the Gospel of Matthew uses the word 11 times. Mark uses it 14 times. Luke uses it nine times. But John uses it 98 times. And so that's more than in any other New Testament book. So John wants to emphasize the importance of belief. And so towards the end of the Gospel, chapter 20, Verse 30, John writes, Now uh, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may, what? Believe. Oh, it was up there. Y'all just didn't say it. Uh, Y'all may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So what's interesting to me that John really tries to get us to realize And this was kind of a theme that I heard this morning in the sermon. Faith, it it comes in different shapes and sizes. Faith is meant to grow and mature. It's not meant to stay the same. And if you take notes, I want you to write that down because it's a very simple point, but it's a very profound point. Faith is meant to grow and to mature. And one of the problems is that we don't, we, we, we come to the faith, but we never grow in the faith. We come to the faith, but we never mature in the faith. And, and faith, I want, you to, I want you to understand, faith usually begins as a witness. You see the power, you see the glory of God, and you believe. God doesn't have to do miracles, but he does do miracles. Um, because sometimes those are the things that are going to get our attention. And so when Moses saw the burning bush that was burning, but it wasn't being consumed, he recognized something different, and he heard the voice of God, and it drew Moses into his presence. Something is different. There's a bush here, and it's burning, but it's not being consumed. When God parted the Red Sea, people were in awe of the power of God, and and the people came to believe in him as their God. Jesus did many miracles to show his authority as the son of God. And so Jesus does this first miracle in Cana, and it says that his disciples saw it and they believed. This miracle was a witness to their faith. They saw and believed. And a little further down, chapter 2, 23, you can still follow along with me if you've got your Bibles, John two twenty-three, it says, When Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. That's very key. They believed when they saw the signs he was doing. Verse 24 says, but Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in man. What is in man? If not, maybe fickleness, maybe laziness, maybe tiredness. Maybe hype. When we see the glory of God, it draws us in. But when we stop seeing the glory of God, it takes us out. That, bless you, that stands out to me. Verse 24, it says, Jesus did not entrust himself to them. They were trusting him when they saw the signs, but he didn't entrust himself to them because he knew what was in them. Belief at the most basic level does not impress Jesus Anybody can see and believe, and I believe that God is looking for a church that would move past the most basic level of faith. Did you hear that? I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but God wants you to grow in your faith. God wants to build up your faith. He doesn't want you to stay the same as when you did when you first came to him. He wants that little bit of faith to grow into bigger faith. Now, let me tell you, a little faith is good faith. It's a start. It's better than no faith. But the little faith that Peter had wasn't enough to keep him walking on the waters with Jesus. I I, I think that, that we have a lot of Christians who have not moved past the little faith. And so when you stop seeing The manifestations of the glory of God, maybe when when you're not here at church, when you're at work, and you're in in life, and you're in real life, and you're in real struggle, people stop believing that maybe God is able, or maybe you stop believing that he cares. I've never personally believed, I've never personally doubted in God's ability, but I will be 100% honest, I have doubted if God cares about certain things. And I, 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 I've wondered in the past, God, do you, do you care about this aspect of my life? I don't, know if it, I don't know if anybody can relate to it, but I've said, Lord, I know you care about my soul, but is, is that the only thing that you care about? Do, do you not care about what happens to me physically, mentally? Because if you did care about what happened to me physically, why, why, am I, why do I get sick? Why is sickness a thing? If you cared about me mentally, why, 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 why is mental illness a thing? Why, why do people fall into depression? If you care about me financially, why are we not all thriving financially? And what this does, when you, when, when you let it linger too long, is it, it puts limitations on our faith. That's another thing that, that, that the preacher this morning, he said a lot of times, we, we limit the glory of God. And we limit the glory of God when we limit our faith in God. And, and for many people, if this goes left unchecked too long and you're like, my God, do you really care about this? Do you care about this? It, it, it becomes it becomes bitterness towards God. And, and Brother Tim, last week he spoke a word that impacted so many of you guys about bitterness. When you let your faith in God uh, or when your faith in God is limited to only what what he does or only what you see, your faith is in danger. You with me this morning? Y'all, y'all a little quiet. We got to go back into the songs, I guess. Um, I had a hard time thinking about a title this morning, but I, I need a title because it goes on the podcast. If I had a title it anything, it's Unseen Glory. Unseen Glory. Because there's always glory of God, but sometimes we don't see it. And when we don't see it, that puts a damper on our faith, and it doesn't allow our faith to grow and mature, so we, we always stay at the most basic level of faith, that our faith is contingent on what God is doing and on what we are seeing him do. That first verse that we read, it said that the miracle Jesus did manifested his glory, and the disciples believed. There will be moments in your life where God will manifest his glory over your life, and you will see visible transformation. And you will see an answered prayer, and you will see healing. And I believe we saw healing this morning and you will see families restored and you will see a former gang members cry at the presence of God. I always cry when I see a former member cry at the presence of God. You will see the manifestations of his glory and it will be enough to bring you to your knees in submission to him. The manifestation of the glory of God will be a key witness to your belief. But the rock on which you stand cannot be former glory. I don't know if you heard me. The rock on which your faith is planted cannot be what God did yesterday. It has to be on Jesus Christ himself. What I'm saying is that we have to continue to carry faith through unseen glory. Not just through what we've seen. I think I'm talking to some real people today. I think I'm talking to a church that... Praise the Lord. We have, we have a lot of people who have recently come into the faith, and I love that God is doing that. But I need you to know, because I don't want you to go back into former things, that when the glory of God ceases to, to be before your eyes, God is still good. God is still present. God is still a glorious God. And he deserves your faith in him. And we have to understand that there were many disciples of Jesus beyond the 12. There were so many disciples of Jesus, so many followers of Jesus, but their following of Jesus was built upon what he was doing. I was I was at a leadership roundtable thing this this week at at Grace, and man, this lady spoke. She was uh, I think she was a pastor at the belonging, uh, Belonging Co Church, and she gave this amazing word, man. I was totally impacted by it. She was so passionate about it. But uh, she did say this one thing. She said to a, a room full of pastors, she said, you never want to build your church on what God is doing. And that resonated so hard with me because, I mean, I, 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 take, it, I take it further. You don't, you don't want to build your walk around what God is doing. You don't want to build your faith on what God is doing. Why not? Because God is a God who works in seasons. Right? Are we going to be in blessing all the time? Are we going to be in healing all the time? Are we going to be in prosperity all the time? No. So what happens when the blessings that we're seen in one season are no longer there? What happens when God isn't doing today what he did last year? I talk to pastors all the time, and it's always the same thing. You know, how's your church doing? How's, how's ministry? Oh, brother, God is doing amazing things. God is doing great things. When people ask me, I say the same thing. God is doing great things, and praise God for the great things that he does. But you know what? Great things don't last forever. I remember when I came on as, 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 uh, as the lead pastor and it was, it was exciting. I think it was exciting for everybody. It was exciting for me um, because there was a lot of change that was happening. And change, you know, it, gets, it makes us nervous, but it also people like movement. And so we were making all types of changes and we were doing restructuring to our leadership. And we were talking about vision and we're talking about the name change. and We we're, were doing renovations to the church. And, and, and for a while... The church was growing at a pretty rapid pace, more more than normal. And people were excited to be at church. And you know what there was? There was there was a lot of of hype. And then I I noticed noticed kind of like towards the end of 2021, going into 2022, there was a lot of uh, um, there was a lot of uh, there was a little bit of stagnation. You remember? Yeah. Yeah, you remember. We weren't growing as fast. We weren't as excited. Um, I think we even had a little bit of a season of of kind of leadership fatigue and exhaustion. And I'll tell you this, that if you're building anything on hype alone, your only stimulus is ever going to be the things that are happening. And when the things are no longer happening, if hype was your anchor and not faith, you're going to throw in the towel and you're going to quit. When God is no longer doing the things that stimulated all that excitement, When he pulls out the rug and he's like, I'm going to step back for a little bit. What are you going to do? Faith has to be your anchor. How many people do we know that have said yes to Jesus, were fired up for a season, maybe one year, two years, and God was doing some uh, transformative things in their lives. and, And then when the well ran dry, they ran back to their former lives. This is what happens when you build your faith on what God is doing or what you're seeing. It creates a a superficial Christianity where we're always, we always have to be with our hands out. Waiting for the next blessing because we need that fix. As long as you're giving, I'm here. As long as you're pouring, my cup is here. And it's like we demand if we're not careful, we demand a sign from Jesus like, like so many of the Pharisees did. We'll get, we'll do a sign for us. You want me to believe in you? Do a sign. And I'm going to tell you the truth today, my church, and I, and I say this with love. Y'all ready? I, almost, I literally almost took this part out because we're at a Pentecostal church. There will not always be Movement. There will not always be a move of God. Sometimes there will be stillness. Stillness is real. Stillness is in the Bible. I know we're Pentecostal church and we don't like to be still. <laughs> I get angry when we're too still. I get a little agitated when we're too quiet. Because we want to be experiencing the glory of God. But we've got to be honest, God God is also a God who steps back. God is also a God who sometimes is silent. He's a God who rests. He's a God who doesn't speak for centuries at a time in history. He's a God who steps back and he lets unfavorable things happen. And when there is no movement, there has to be stillness. There has to be trust. Trust. What, what what happened, what happened um, to the Israelites when the prophet Moses left their midst? There was no movement. There was not, God wasn't speaking to them. The parting of the Red Sea miracle it had already happened. Where's, where's the man of God? He's taking too long. Aaron, give us something that we can see. Give us something that we can touch, that we can feel, that we can sense so that we can worship it. There has to be stillness. And sometimes I believe that God is teaching us stillness. Stop getting so antsy all the time and wait on the, on the Lord. Wait on the word of the Lord that he gave you already. The psalmist describes in 40, uh, Psalms 46... He describes a world where everything is moving around him. And he says, God is our refuge, he is our strength, and he is a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Some of us have to be still and know. We have to be still and remember that he is God. There may not always be a physical witness or a a visible witness to the Lord's power. There will not always be a sign, but he calls us to just be still and know that he is God. Sometimes it will be as if Jesus is asleep in the boat of your chaos. Remember that story where Jesus was asleep in the middle in the middle of a squall and they were in the boat and the disciples were freaking out. How can our Lord, who we put our trust in, be asleep? How are you being still? You should be doing something. You should be coming up and and, and commanding the seas to to stop. Jesus was chill. (laughs) Sometimes. This is another thing that, man. This preacher this morning spoke a lot about revelation. And revelation is so important. Revelation is so important. But revelation also goes hand in hand with application. And sometimes there won't be new revelation until there is application of former revelation. Revelation. God, reveal it, reveal it. I already revealed it to you. You haven't applied it. And if if we don't ever move past the most basic level of faith into maturity, where even if I don't see the miracle, even if I don't feel him, even if I don't sense him, I still praise him because he's God and he's worthy of every praise. Our faith will never be sustainable and our relationship with God will never go deeper. That's why this word is so important because God wants to go deeper with you. He wants to go deeper with you and he wants to give you revelation, but he wants you to apply the revelation that he's given you. And until we do that, our faith will never grow and it will always be stagnated at the same level. And so, one of the, you still with me? Okay. One of the last stories in John's gospel, I guess if there was a main text, this is it. It's between Jesus and Thomas. And Again, I want to reiterate this point. John is making a case about Jesus, and his goal is to get everybody to believe. Right? But let me just say this. Belief in Christ at any level is enough to save a person. That's the beautiful thing about grace. It is that simple. You believe in Jesus, and that grace through faith is what saved the thief on the cross. He simply believed in the name of Jesus. That was enough to, to send his soul into eternity But there is, I got to say this too, man. There's a difference between us and the thief on the cross. I've seen, I don't know if you've seen that post circulating on the internet that says something like, you know, what does the thief on the cross do to your theology? Have you seen that? This man did not pray the prayer of salvation. He wasn't baptized. He didn't go to seminary. He didn't go to Bible school. He didn't go to church. He wasn't in ministry. He wasn't an apostle. He simply believed and professed that Jesus' kingdom was not of this world and this lifelong criminal went to heaven. A lifetime of sin, five-minute conversation with Jesus goes to heaven. But here's the difference between the thief on the cross and us. You and me still wake up in a world of sin. The thief on the cross died that day, and he woke up in the presence of God. And that same saving grace is granted to all of us, but, but we have to deal with the world of sin and struggle and pain. So our faith has to grow. It has to grow because it has to make it past today. It has to make it past that first initial conversation with Jesus where you invite him as Lord and Savior. It has to make it past that. The thief on the cross didn't have to face another day of, of temptation and testing of his faith. We do. So, yes, what does it do to theology? But also, we're, we're not the same. And This is why our faith, it has to mature. It has to grow. And so Jesus has this conversation with John. You probably know the story. This is John 20, 24 through 29. It says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when they came, uh, when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, what does he say? I will never believe. And then eight days later, his disciples were uh, inside again and Thomas was with them. And although the, the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Pause real quick. Again, John's purpose is to get everybody to believe in Jesus, but this is where he goes a step further. This is kind of like the whole culmination of the gospel of John. This is is really what he wants to get his readers to understand. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, you believed because you have seen me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. It's the unseen glory of God that you have to put your faith into. You don't always get to put your hand in the side of Jesus. You don't always get to put your finger in his nail-pierced hands. You don't always get that. And praise God that he does meet us where we are. But we also have to meet him where he is as well. And we have to grow. And, and, and we have to know that we walk by faith, not by sight. Many people have said that the opposite of faith is is not doubt, it's fear. You heard that, right? And I I read something recently that I thought was interesting. It was kind of offered a fresh perspective. They said said the opposite of faith is certainty. And maybe there's no real opposite of faith, but I think that there's a bunch of enemies of faith. And I think fear is definitely... Uh, an enemy of faith, but I also think that certainty is an enemy of faith because certainty will take out the, nece- the, the necessity of faith. Once you see it, you don't, you don't need the faith anymore. And see, John John wanted the certainty. He wanted the revelation of the resurrection. I'm going somewhere. You still with me, right? Okay. He wanted the revelation of the resurrection. He wanted the certainty of of Jesus' resurrected self. I want to see it with my eyes. I want to feel it with my hands. When Jesus was saying all along, this was going to happen. The Son of Man was going to have to suffer, and he would be brought back to life. But it wasn't until Thomas saw it that then he believed it. And, you know, some commentators say that this gentle rebuke of Jesus, because it was a gentle rebuke, um, it wasn't just for Thomas. It was, it was for all of us. If you think about it, all the disciples were pretty down when Jesus died. And so Jesus is saying to all of us those that are truly blessed are those who keep the faith even when they don't see the glory. We too, like Thomas, desire revelation. I know I do. Who wants revelation of God? All of us. God speak to me. God show me. God. Guide me, God, lead me, God, reveal to me. I feel like I pray that every single day. I'm always asking God for revelation. It's the revelation of God that keeps us reassured. If God doesn't reveal it, I don't don't know that I can believe it. Sometimes God's like, I already revealed it to you. Revealed it to you once and you haven't applied it. One of my constant questions to God, I'll just be real, real with you. I say, Lord, is, is, am I still called? Am I still called to this? You still want me doing this? Am I still to shepherd your people? Is, is this what you, like I, I ask them that pretty, pretty often. And, you know, God is so kind that sometimes he will throw me a bone and reassure me and reaffirm me. But most recently God said, <laughs> he said, when I want you to stop, I'll let you know. I'll reveal it to you. But we always want a revelation from God. We, we always want a revelation for what God alway, already revealed about himself. And so many people ask, God, are you, are you here? Are you present? Are you, are you present in my life? And yes, because Hebrews 13.5 says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a pretty strong word, never. Okay, well, God, maybe you're here, but do you care? For me, I just lost my job. I just got cancer. Yeah, yeah. Matthew 6, are you not more valuable than the birds of the air and the lilies of the field that I feed and I take the time to clothe? How much more valuable are you than they? I interpret that as Jesus saying, what a dumb question. (laughs) Do you care? Uh, Yeah. We get so caught up in the wanting of a new revelation that we ignore the application of the former revelation. Faith is the application. That's what faith is. Revelation comes in the form of signs and blessings and miracles and spoken word. And that might ignite your faith. When Jesus revealed the signs, the Bible says that his disciples believed. But but when the revelation was over, the application of faith was meant to stick around. And this is why Jesus tells Thomas toward the end of the gospel, blessed are those who believe without seeing. Jesus had spent three years, (laughs) three years talking to the disciples about the kingdom of God. Three years doing signs and wonders and miracles to prove that he was God and is God. Three years telling him it was necessary for for the Son of Man to suffer. And after all of that, Thomas still needed another revelation. We always want a new revelation, especially during the times of, of uncertainty. And I think that that is why certainty is the enemy of faith. Because when there is no revelation, when there is no certainty, that is when faith has to be applied. But sometimes we're too busy applying it because we're asking for another sign. God, give me one more sign. Give me confirmation from the Confirmation. I said the other night at the service that we hosted, I said, you know, we don't, we don't need just spirit-filled services. We need spirit-filled Christians. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. You put a spirit-filled Christian into a non-spirit-filled church service, they're still going to walk out with the Holy Spirit. You put a non-spirit-filled Christian into a spirit-filled church service, they're probably going to walk out the same. Because they're here for the revelation but want nothing to do with the application. It's like, it's like Layla. I don't know, I'm just getting, I'm getting revelation. Layla likes to uh, buy things. She loves it when like there's like there's shops outside here at church. She's always asking, are there going to be shops? Vendors, you know? Yeah. That's Layla. And she, 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 she's proud, man. She'll get her bag and she'll buy all kinds of random stuff and never use it. And so I think that's how we come to church sometimes. We bring our, our, our little bolsita and we say, Lord, fill it up. And then we go home, we leave it on the kitchen tab- table, never to be seen again. Always just want the revelation without the application. And God wants to give you the revelation. It's not that he doesn't want to, but he wants you to apply it. He wants you to live it. So maybe, maybe you come in week after week, church, and I'm, I believe that I'm talking to some real people again. You come in week after week, and you are thirsty. You are thirsty for the Holy Spirit, but it's only because you've quenched him all week long. You heard that? Yeah. You, haven't take, you haven't taken a sip of the Holy Spirit throughout the week, and so you come in thirsty, thirsty. You should be intaking the Holy Spirit every single day. So that by the time you come in, yes, you're you're thirsty, you want another fill, but you're not like almost dead. Just, Just like some of us live paycheck to paycheck, I think there's Christians who are living Sunday to Sunday. And that's not what God wants for you. That's not what God wants for you. God wants to take you from glory to glory to glory. And to get to new glory, there will be new revelation. But before there's new glory, before there's new revelation, there has to be the application of faith. Lord, speak again. Reassure me again. Give me another sign. Because your faith is only tied to what you see or only what God is doing. And I want to encourage you today, Numa, man, to take that faith and make it grow. And the only way to make it grow is by applying it every single day. Be still and know that He is God when you're not seeing it. If God, if God called you, you are still called. If God anointed you, you are still anointed. If Jesus died for you, you got to walk in the confidence. Daily that I am loved by God, I am blessed by God, I am favored by God. If God gave you a word, you got to walk in the word. When you walk in the application of faith, along the way will come that other revelation. You might not know where you're going. You, don't, you might not even know where you're walking to, but you're just walking in faith every single day. God, you are good. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like God is being good to me in this season, but I know that he is good and I know that he loves me, so I'm going to keep walking in the goodness of God. Maybe you say, I have failed God over and over again, and I'm not sure how much grace there is left for me, but I'm going to keep on walking because your, your word says that your grace is sufficient for me, and I'm going to keep coming to church, and when I mess up, and I might have messed up last night on a Saturday night, but I'm going to come to the house of God and present myself to you and repent because there is grace and there is love in the presence of God. you got to walk in the application. you got to walk in faith. And there will be a revelation. I'm almost done. I'll have the worship team come. I, I, I think that this message is important because, pay attention to this. Um, when we become so desperate for a revelation, for a blessing, for a movement, when we become so desperate, We fail to wait on God. And we act out from our own abilities and we manufacture something and convince ourselves that this is God. We have those Abraham and Sarah moments. Abraham and Sarah were waiting on God for what? For children. Because the promise was through your children, all the families of the earth would be blessed. That was their first revelation. Right? That was their revelation. That's what God told them. That was supposed to be enough to sustain them and their faith. But they failed to properly apply their faith. They had a moment of weakness and yes, we can sit here and point the finger and you know, hindsight is always 20-20. In reality, we, we probably do this all the time. So they get this, this crazy idea. Sarah has this crazy idea and she brings it up to her husband. What if if, if you ever start the question with what if, you pray about it a little bit more. <laughs> because that's, that's you thinking through it. That's you kind of trying to rationalize the situation. What if, we got we we Hagar over there. What if the promise is going to be like, y'all two, but you're still my husband, so like, yeah, what if? And Abraham uh, was like, I mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of times we're, we're, we're so, there's, there's times where we're so desperate for revelation that we convince ourselves that maybe some, this is from God. This crazy idea. This crazy idea. Maybe this is the Holy Spirit. Maybe it is. But, but maybe you should pray a little bit more on it. Maybe you should discern it a little bit more because when we're so desperate for a revelation, I've seen it many times. I've, I've, I've done it many times. We make something up that sounds good, that sounds spiritual, and we call it the next revelation and we walk in it for some time until we realize that it wasn't really God. It was just us manufacturing something and then we're backtracked because we didn't trust God when he first gave the revelation. Because yeah. we always want there to be movement. Movement. Always antsy. We always want to be reassured. Layla, the same thing. She always wants to be reassured. Are we going out of town next week? Yes. Are we going out of town next week? Yeah. Are we going out of town? I mean, it it annoys me. It annoys me to the point where I'm like, if you ask me one more time, it's not going to happen. And yet, I turn around and I do the same thing with God. God, are you sure I'm still called? Are you sure I'm still anointed for this? Are you, are you sure? You've you kind of been silent. You didn't say anything last time. Are you sure? You're making me doubt. you gotta, You got to speak up, God. But Jesus says, blessed are those who believe when they don't see. Blessed are those who believe when they don't hear. Blessed are those who believe when they don't feel. God is still working. There is an unseen realm of glory that we cannot we cannot fathom. And God is doing something in your life. He's doing, especially when you put faith in him because he sees the application and God wants to graduate you. God wants to move you from glory to glory. God wants your faith to grow. God wants to use you in ways that he's never used you before, but you have to walk in it. You have to walk in it because if you're walking in it, you're growing in it. I just I want to close by telling you, church, that the longer you go without, I want to encourage you rather, the longer you go without seeing the glory of God manifested in your life, the stronger your faith will get. This year has probably been one of the biggest tests of faith in, in, in recent history for, for myself. And you know, because I, I I think that when that fulfilled promise is just right around the corner, you know, God is like, you know, look like at that, you know, got to be quicker than that. You see the commercial? Got to be quicker than that. And it's it's another test of faith. And at the start of the year, man, man, I'll, I'll tell you, it, it seemed. I can't believe we're already getting into September. I mean. I felt like every, every month it was something new. And at the beginning of the year, I started out, honestly, I started out scared and doubtful, and highly stressed. But with every passing day, I was applying that faith. I was, I was applying and reapplying the same way that I do with sunscreen. I reapply that sucker, man, every five minutes because I'm white reapply the faith, reapply the faith. I refuse to throw in the towel. I refuse to give up and say, well, maybe God doesn't care about this. I kept walking. I kept resting. I kept meditating. I kept kept being faithful. Faith, man. Faith ages like, like fine wine. It gets stronger. But eventually, somebody say, eventually, there will be an outpouring there will be an outpouring. There will be new wineskins to replace the old wineskins. There will be new glory. There will be new revelation. There will be new word. There will be new calling. There will be new anointing. And I want to encourage you today to keep walking in the faith to which God called you. Revelation should always lead to belief, which is faith. But faith will lead to more revelation. I want, I want you to walk in that this morning. I don't know what it is that you're going through. I don't know what it is that you've been struggling to put your faith in. I don't know what it is that God has spoken over your life that you haven't seen, you haven't heard again. You don't, you don't have that confirmation. Walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. Put some faith uh, behind it. Put some weight on it. Because God will take you from glory to glory, church. I guarantee it. God wants to do more in your faith has to grow. I want Numa's faith to grow. I want, I, want, I want every single one of our members and our leaders. I want their faith to grow. I want it to get better. I don't want to cycle, I don't want to cycle through people. I feel like churches, that's what we do. We just cycle through people. No. The kingdom of God is meant for you to stay in the kingdom of God. That when that when i would be quiet and when i was still i always thought that that god would speak in the moment in those moments and and you know what god doesn't always speak in those moments but you know what stillness produces it produces peace it produces peace god i will be quiet and i will let you speak but if you don't want to speak fill me with peace holy spirit to continue to walk So that I can get to that next revelation, I want to make a call this morning to anybody who who needs a a, a, a step of faith. want to be increased in their faith. They want to grow in their faith. You need to mature in the faith. If that's you this morning, I want you to take a step of faith and I want you to come up here and I just want you to pull yourself out to the Lord and say, God, I want you, I want you to give me the peace. I want you to give me rest. I want you to give me joy my God so that I can have the strength to continue in this walk my God I know that I am called I know that I am anointed I know that I am loved I know that I am blessed I know it I know it I know it my God and I just pray that here in your presence my God I would find your peace I would find your peace in Jesus name this, these altars are open as we worship if you're in need of prayer as well, I'm going to ask that you come forward and we want to pray with you. If we can have some of the, uh, the the prayer. prayer. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.